Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. So welcome back. We're doing something that we've never done before, and I hope that you're going to find this fun. So every three to four months, I do a five-day free challenge, and we're doing one this week. Well, we started doing it yesterday, and would you believe that in the middle of my live stream, the internet dropped? And I didn't know that the internet dropped, so I was still recording until about two to three minutes went by and I noticed that comments were no longer scrolling and I realized that I was no longer actually streaming. So I figured out how to get back into the group, but unfortunately we lost a few hundred people who had been watching. And then after there was like four or five minutes of dead air, we got back on and a bunch of more people joined us. I, needless to say, was, I was stressed, right? It was really uncomfortable, but I decided, you know what? I always tell you guys like, do it messy, show up. And if you have a good heart and you truly genuinely have like the best intentions, that's really all that matters. And so I just went right back into it. And I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe we'll make something beautiful come out of this. I said, why don't we play the whole workshop for you guys so that you can hear what it is that we've been sharing. We had almost 20,000 people sign up for this workshop. And now that a whole day has gone by, we've seen thousands of people watching the replay and seeming to find it very, very valuable. So I want to share it with you. So today and tomorrow and the next day, I'm going to share with you guys the content that I'm delivering in this five-day workshop the best of that content. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And if you want to interact with us and you want to be able to be there live, you can go to kathyheller.com slash challenge. But if you just want to listen to it, just like you do with the podcast, then this is going to be a great way for you to hear that content. If for some reason you want to watch this on video, you can go to kathyheller.com slash replay, and you'll be able to see the video of everything that we're doing in the challenge. It's laid out for you on a very clear webpage. You can just go to kathyheller.com slash replay. You don't even be in the Facebook group. You can just see all the replays if you'd like to also watch them and not just listen. And if you have any questions and you want to talk, you can DM me on Instagram at kathy.heller. But I hope that this fuels you. This five-day challenge is sort of me putting together every tool and all of the recipes that I feel are going to help you get from where you are to where you want to be. So without further ado, here's day one of the five-day challenge, Your Soul's Calling. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited to be here. Hi. Hello. I see you guys in the comments. So welcome. Welcome to Your Soul is Calling. Hi. So my name is Kathy Heller, and I'm so happy. I'm so excited to spend these next five days with you. So over the next five days, I want to take you on a journey. I want to help you see through new lenses, a couple different things. I want to help you see yourself. I want to help you claim the magic that is you. And I want to help you see what's possible. And I want you to do something for me before we get started. I want you to close your eyes for a second and ask yourself, what did you come here to hear? What did you come here to hear? And if anything I say feels true over the next five days, I believe it's because you, you knew that already. You guys can open your eyes. Oftentimes, we, when we think we're learning something new, we're just remembering something that we, we knew, but we forgot that we knew. So I want to start by saying a couple of those things. First of all, you are welcome here. All of you is welcome here. The parts of you that are so brave, the parts of you that have made it through some of the darkest, hardest nights, the parts of you that self-sabotage, the parts of you that are broken, you're welcome here. And actually, one thing I want us all to do is I want to create a space over the next five days where we all feel really safe, where we all feel this vibration of love, 
you know, what's amazing about love is that love is not something that you have to earn. In fact, if you have to earn it, then that might look like love, but it's actually something else. Love is just something that's given. And so I love you guys. It's the greatest honor and blessing to have the mic right now and get to pour into you. And we can give that love to one another just like that. And I want you to start by giving it to yourself. So I want you to put your hand back on your heart. And I want you to send some compassion to your awesome self. I want you to see if you can even notice if you could open your heart 10% more than it is right now. And could you send that love and compassion to everybody who's joining us right now from all over the world so that we create a really safe, beautiful vibration together over the next five days? You guys feel that? I just felt that. And what's amazing is that we we so buy into the 3D, right? The three-dimensional world. But have you ever noticed that when you meditate or pray or make a wish on a candle for your birthday, you close your eyes. We often see better with our eyes closed because we're not caught up in the illusion of this three-dimensional space. We sort of tap into something that's in the 5D, something so much bigger. And one of the things that I wanna do over this week is help bring you back to your essential self, to your highest self, to the you of you, which is always a breath away. And that part of you is actually a spark of the infinite. My teacher, David Aaron says, you are a masterpiece, a piece of the master. Think about when you were conceived, right? Sperm meets the egg you come into being, boom. What were you? What are you at your essence? Light, electricity, life force. Last week, I was speaking to Gary Zukov. Some of you might know him. He wrote a very famous book called Seed of the Soul and many, many more books. He was on Oprah, I think more times than anyone else, maybe 36 times. And I was talking to Gary last week. And we're talking about what it is that we yearn for. And the thing is, we are sold a whole bunch of lies growing up. And we think that we will be happy once we have a certain amount of money in our bank account and we have lost a certain amount of weight or whatever it is. But the only thing it turns out that actually fulfills us is meaning. Our souls want so much to contribute in this world. Our souls want so much to do the thing that we came here to do. And I was talking to Gary last week and he told me this beautiful story. He said, Kathy, when God created the world, and by the way, if the word God doesn't work for you, you can substitute whatever you want, universe, energy, whatever, whatever works for you. He said, when God created the world, he said, I want to hide myself from humans so that they reach and they go on that quest. And the eagle said, why don't you hide yourself on the moon? And Gary told me that this story. And, and he said, God said, no, because I know them and they're very, very smart. And one day they will find their way to the moon. And they'll find me there. And the bear said, why don't you come with me deep, deep into the mountains and hide yourself there? And God said, no, they're very resourceful. And one day they will tunnel through and they will find their way deep into the mountains and they'll see me there in plain sight. And then Mrs. Mole comes out. Mrs. Mole is very wise. Mrs. Mole doesn't see, only sees insight, inside. And she said, why don't you hide yourself inside of them? Right in here. And God said, that's a brilliant idea. And a few months ago, I went 
personally went on a week-long meditation retreat with Dr. Joe Dispenza. And he said, you know, it's amazing. The reason why God seems so hidden, this mystical, this portal to the transcendent is because God is inside of each one of us. And it's the last place we ever think to look. So this work for me is the greatest honor because I want to just remind you of what you know. See, I believe that you probably came to this because there is a part of you, there's a whisper. It doesn't let you, it doesn't let you go. It doesn't let you off the hook. And it's constantly reminding you that there's a thing. There's a something that you're here to do. So why don't we do it? What gets in the way? We're going to talk about that. And how do we do it? And the thing is, I don't just want for you to find meaning. I want you to find expansion. I don't know a single person that isn't craving a transcendent, mystical, expansive, abundant life. And I want that for you. And as I've gone through my own life, and we'll talk about that just a little bit today, just so you hear a little bit of that. And then we'll sort of get into today how you can figure out what it is that you were put here to do. And over the course of these five days, we'll sort of outline not only how do you figure out what you were supposed to do in this world, but how do you give those gifts away? And how do you create abundance from sharing those gifts? Because I do believe that every single living thing in this world was designed to bloom to its fullest potential. Every tree was made to be as tall as it can be. Every eagle was meant to fly as high as it can. And so too with us. So at the end of this five days, just so we make sure that we get this out in the open, absolutely, you will think to yourself, is there something that she does? Is, is there something that she's gonna just say to us at the end? I'll just tell it to you now, um, just so we know. I do this because I love doing this work. The reason I host a podcast, the reason I write books is so that I can just do this work full-time. I love doing these five-day workshops because they fill me up. Because like I said before, the only thing that satisfies the soul is meaning. This gives me tremendous meaning. It feels so rewarding to connect with you and to start to see you feeling more in your true self, in alignment. And I also offer other things that I do. I have a podcast. It's free. I do a daily episode. I wrote a book. It's been out for a year and a half. Um, and I coach, I coach people. And so some of you are going to get to the end of this five days and I guarantee you're going to feel full. And these five days are going to hit the spot. That's what it's designed to do. And at the end of this week, I will also let you know if you want more of this, of course, there are other ways that you can work with me. And I have this incredible program. It's called Made to Do This, but we're not going to talk about that because that's not really what we're here for. And I created these five days so that they live on their own. So that in five days, by coming through this, you will have a breakthrough. You will have a transformation. So I just wanted to put that out there. So I said before, why is it that people don't necessarily walk in their highest, biggest potential all the time? I think it's because we, we reach for the highest branch that we can see. I also think it's because we don't really get that our minds are running a program. From the age of zero to eight, our brain is in what's called theta. And those are the days of like wet cement. You know, with wet cement, you can sort of put your puppy's paw prints in it and it'll stick because the cement is wet. In the days of zero to eight years old, our brains are like a sponge. And so we, we wire certain thoughts and certain patterns into our minds. And then we don't actually see, we see only what we have a bias to see. So actually what I see with my eyes is very different than what a camera would see. If I put a camera right here, a camera sees so much more than what I see because we only see what we have the ability to see based on our own paradigm, our own narrative. My friend Alex used to work for Teach for America and he told me the story that he was in class one day and he asked the kids to draw. They were in second grade. What do you want to be when you grow up? And one kid drew an astronaut and one kid drew a fireman, all these beautiful ideas. And there was a kid in the back of the room, Ben, and Ben's just sitting there and he walks up to Ben and he says, Hey, what's up? 
And Ben says, I don't know what to draw. And he says, you can draw anything. What do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to do in this world? And he talks to him for a little bit and he, he sees that he starts to draw. So he says, okay, I think he's figured something out. And he comes back a little later and he says, so what did you draw? And he says, a pizza delivery guy. And so my friend Alex calls his mom later that night. And he says, Sherry, do you have a couple minutes to talk? And she says, yeah. And he says, what's going on with Ben? You know, I had this conversation with him and he drew a pizza delivery boy. What do you think that's about? And she said, I could tell you exactly what that's about. His father's in prison and his uncle is a pizza delivery guy. And Alex said to me, Kathy, we reach for the highest branch that we can see. And so the reason I started my podcast four and a half years ago is because I want to show people evidence of the highest branches that are literally here. I want people to see every single episode, evidence and an example of human beings who are sharing their gifts, who are making incredible impact in the world, doing things that they love and making more than enough money, not just enough money, more than enough, plenty. See, I believe that if God was the sun, we are each like a ray of that sun. So I look at it, I look at it like there's electricity, right? And we all are a conduit for that because really all there is is energy, right? An atom is actually 99.9% vibration and only 0.01% particle. So the world is actually much more non-physical than physical. And so we are a conduit for as much of that energy as we let in. Years ago, scientists took a magnetometer and they wanted to measure energy and they took eggs, reptile eggs, goose eggs, all different kinds of eggs, even a baby in its mother's womb. And the magnetometer would go sort of wherever the head was located and the feet. And where the head was located, there was a positive charge. And where the feet were located, it was a negative charge. A positive and a negative, what does that make? Makes a magnet. When we are in our vibration, we are a magnet. We are a conduit for light, for love, for the higher level, the greater frequency vibrations in this world. What gets us out of the magnet are the lower level vibrations, fear, doubt, anger. But what's that about? So I think what happens is that when we are growing up, we go through a whole lot and our hearts get broken into a thousand pieces. And when that happens, we develop ways of protecting ourselves, And we think that we're protecting ourselves, but really we're keeping ourselves from the expansion. You see the greatest, most powerful tool is an open heart. That's where we get the divine downloads. That's where we get the inspiration. That's where we have the idea. So we don't create from here. We create from here, but this has to be open. And I have a tremendous amount of compassion because I've been here long enough to know that every single one of you has had nights in your life that felt like they would never end. And the darkness was so dark. Type a one in the chat if by the age of nine, your heart was broken. Type a two in the chat if by the age of 16, you lost somebody. There was a death or a divorce or you reached your arms out to love someone and they didn't love you back. So I see that. I see you. And I just want you to know that your seven-year-old self is damn proud of you.
because you have weathered so much. But what happens is we don't make space to love that little kid and heal. And the pain is real. What happens is the mind feels a feeling, thinks a thought, feels a feeling, thinks a thought, thinks a thought, feels a feeling, thinks a thought, feels a feeling. We start to fire and wire these thoughts in our mind over and over again, over and over again. And actually we just took the kids to a science museum last week and they showed the brain and how these neurons, neurotransmitters make these pathways. And it's really incredible. It's actually like a tree with branches and they get tighter and tighter and they get glued together and they actually send chemicals into the body. Sometimes the chemicals are stress chemicals like cortisol. Sometimes certain thoughts can be positive thoughts and they give us serotonin or dopamine. And that actually changes our biology. Our gene expression is actually dependent on the chemicals that come from the thoughts and feelings that we have. So even our well-being, our nervous system is plugged into our immune system. In fact, what we just did before when we sent some compassion to ourselves and to everybody else that's here, the studies have shown unequivocally that if you spent 10 minutes a day opening your heart and breathing into breathing into love and compassion and an open heart, you would be changing your biology. It actually says in the science that you increase your immune system and when they would check your blood levels at the end of the day, they would actually see that you have this thing called immunoglobulin A in your blood. It actually enhances your immune system. Just doing a 10 minute open-hearted compassion or gratitude practice, anything that opens your heart and elevates your vibration. So I want to help you to be in alignment with your greatest vibration. I often say to my students and my listeners that we are like Harold and the Purple Crayon. It's as if we have this beautiful white magical canvas and we can take out this crayon and, and build a world, build a whole world. In this present moment, every possibility exists in this present moment. In order for us to make those possibilities, whatever those possibilities are, to make them manifest, we just have to raise our vibration to be a matching vibration to what it is that we really want to create in this world. And often people will say that they don't think that they can do it because they don't have the resources, they lack the time, they lack the money. The greatest resource that creates worlds is enthusiasm, passion, compassion, love. Those vibrations are so powerful, they're so infectious that they will actually make things move faster than anything you could try to create, anything that you would try to do in the hustle of it. So I wanna take you into a journey over this week and not only give you some practical tools, but also start to show you possibilities we're going to talk about the five different ways that you can take what you love and turn it into a business. We're going to talk about how to create abundance. We're going to talk about how it's easier in many ways to make seven figures than it is to make just enough. And we're going to hopefully give you a recipe. So by the end of these five days, you will be taking action and you will start to see synchronicity and you will start to feel more alive and you will start to see things coming into your life in a much more amazing way. Okay. I want to help you decide how you want to feel and what you want to create and help you fire and wire new thoughts and new feelings that are going to help you create the reality that you really want to wake up to every day. How many of you think that what you think might affect how you feel and how you feel might affect what choices you make and what choices you make might actually affect your reality? Right. So we want to create our own personal reality. We want to make something that's so expansive that feels so good. And in order to do that, 
we need to think the way we want to think, feel the way we want to feel and build the world the way that we can. I believe that every single one of you, every single one of us, I believe has been put here because we were assigned. We are assigned to make this world whole. I really feel like every single one of us is a missing piece of a puzzle that without one of us, the world is just not complete. And I feel that on some level, you know that you've always kind of known that you were put here to do something really important. I do believe that the opposite of depression, it's not necessarily happiness. I think what's so gorgeous about human beings is that the opposite of depression is actually purpose. We want to contribute. We want to feel like we are doing something in this world. So I want to tell you really quickly, just so we're all on the same page, a little bit about my journey. So I came out to Los Angeles when I was 24. I wanted to get a record deal. And I thought, oh, this is something I've always loved to do. I always loved to sing. I grew up in a house where my parents were always arguing. They had a horrible marriage and an even worse divorce. And music was always the thing that just helped me feel sane. And I came out to LA and I got a bunch of day jobs. And um, in the evenings, I would write music. And eventually my songs got a little better and a little better. And I actually got a record deal. I got signed to Interscope and I couldn't believe it. I was actually sitting in Sunset Sounds and Lady Gaga was recording paparazzi. And I couldn't believe that I was sitting there. It was very surreal. And a few weeks later, I got dropped from the label. And I, I remember Ron Fair calling me. I was in my car. I pulled over to the side of the road. I was just sobbing because I knew that there was something I was put here to do. And it felt like I came so close to being able to do it. And then I didn't know if it wasn't going to be that, what was it going to be? And I wound up getting a bunch of day jobs again because I had to pay the rent. And I was leaving the elevator one day and I saw my reflection in the elevator door. I was wearing this like pantsuit. I was working in this commercial real estate office in Brentwood working for this guy. And I started to cry because I didn't recognize myself. And I walked into his office and I said, I quit. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I just knew that I didn't feel like myself. And you see, when I was growing up, my mom struggled with depression and it was really hard. And she was suicidal for a certain amount of time. And I just felt like I didn't want that to be me. Like I wanted to love waking up every day. And I asked myself a question, which I had never asked before, which was, is there anything between Beyonce or bust? Like, is it all or nothing? I never asked that question before. Just like I said before about the kid from Teach for America, I think sometimes we think it's either all or nothing. Either I'm going to be Taylor Swift or I just m must, must be destined to do something I don't like and go work a job that doesn't utilize my gifts. And I didn't want that to be me. And I asked a new question, like, is there any other way that I could use my gifts? And I read an article that week in Billboard magazine about Ingrid Michaelson and Snow Patrol and all these bands that were licensing music to shows like Grey's Anatomy. And I said, I'd never thought about doing that before. I said, maybe that's a possibility. And I just decided to put all of my energy into seeing if I could make that happen. And I did. And actually, this is an article about me from Billboard magazine. Um, this is uh, a Billboard magazine from 2000, I guess, 13. And I was writing music full time for a film and TV. And I couldn't believe it that I was making $300,000 a year doing something I loved. And I became a mom. I had a child. I had another child. And I was, I felt like I had kind of like beat the system because I found a way to do something that I loved. What I didn't anticipate is that other people started asking me, how did you do that? How did you do that? And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I don't know, but I guess I could try to tell you what it is that I figured out. And I started to tell songwriters like what it was that I did. And I realized I was so fulfilled helping other songwriters find a way to make a living doing what they loved. And so I was doing people's podcasts. There were music podcasts and I would come on as a guest and I would, I would sort of explain and share what was possible. And I realized that I loved helping people see this bigger possibility. And 
one of our mentors actually in this program, you know, you all have been assigned a mentor in case you need any kind of support processing, going through this work and it's free. It's here for you this week. You should reach out to your mentors. One of our mentors, actually Tiana, um, she, and I at that point didn't know each other. She reached out to me. She heard me on a podcast. She said, Kathy, this is so incredible. You should teach this. You should teach people an online course and how to write music for film and TV. I said, what's an online course? The online world to me seemed like it was only for bros who wanted to stand in front of jets and pose and look like they were billionaires. And uh, I didn't think that that was something that, that I would be good at or that I would like. And she said, you, you really should do this. And I decided, why wouldn't I share? If, if I can use this tool, why wouldn't I share? But I was pregnant with my third daughter and I decided, I don't know what the hell a webinar is, but I'll go live and I'll do this thing that I know how to do, which is just be myself be vulnerable and open my heart and share. And I said, I can share with you guys how I've done this thing. And that night, 147 people bought this workshop. And I gave basically a free hour of my time and then said, if you want to join my workshop, it'll be uh, you know a year long program. It's a thousand dollars. I didn't know what I was doing. I just made it up. And $147,000 came in and I said, well, that's amazing. And so I started to teach songwriters and I loved it. And it's amazing how sometimes we're so precious with our identities. Like, oh no, I'm an artist. I don't teach. Oh, I'm this. I'm not that. Oh, I'm supposed to be a recording artist. I'm not going to just license my songs. But here I was licensing my songs to McDonald's and Coca-Cola and Pretty Little Liars. And, and then also teaching songwriters how they could do that. And I just thought it was so fun. And then as I was teaching songwriters, one of my songwriting students said, Kath, you should start a podcast. You should help all the people in the world who want to get scrappy and resourceful and find a way to feel fulfilled. You should help them figure out how to do what they love. And so I started this podcast called Don't Keep Your Day Job. And I was sitting in my closet. I had a, now my third daughter was born. She was a couple weeks old. And I told my husband, take all three kids out. And I re-recorded that first episode eight times. I couldn't stand the way I sounded. I said, I'm not going to put this out there. And then I slept on it and said, this isn't about you, Kath. Like, I believe that if we have a gift, whether we're good at holding space for people, whether we're good at helping people organize their closets, whether we're good at giving people a sound bath, whatever it is we're good at, I believe that that gift was meant to be given away. It is a moral obligation. It's not about us. It's about how can we serve? It's about how can we touch and affect more lives? And so I started this podcast. I put it out there. And would you believe this is a girl who, when I started that podcast, I didn't have an Instagram account. I didn't have an email list. I didn't have anything. I just had an intention that I wanted to touch somebody else's life. And four years later, we're at 21 million downloads. And now my career has turned into opportunities that are so beyond what I could have seen, so beyond what I thought my highest branch was. And now my business is almost at eight figures. And I'm here to share this possibility that maybe, just maybe, you don't have to have a PhD and you don't have to be the person who comes from the trust fund and you don't have to be the person who has 100,000 people on an email list or 2 million Instagram followers. Maybe you could just be a good person. Maybe by being vulnerable, by leaning into empathy and just opening your heart, maybe you could change the world. Maybe when you do that, that vibration is just so different that it stands apart from everything else that's trying so hard to impress. So that's a little bit about my background. And I want to talk a little bit about you. So I want you to think about you at seven years old. I want you to think about, think about what you looked like then. Maybe you even have a picture in your mind. Maybe you even have a picture of a picture that your parents have somewhere and you can picture yourself with your little t-shirt, your little dress on. I need to picture that little kid. In fact, if you want, you can close your eyes. I want you to see her for a second. I want you to notice how adorable she is. 
I want you to take a second and notice how effortless it is to see her magic. I want you to picture yourself walking up to her and giving her a hug and telling her, I'm so proud of you. You are so lovable and so awesome. And I can't believe how much you have been through. And I just want you to know that I see you. And I want you to ask her if she has anything she wants to tell you. Is there anything she wants to tell you to remember? Is there anything she wants to tell you that lights her up? Is there anything she wants to tell you that breaks her heart? That she cares so deeply about? That she might want to fix or help others who feel that way? I want you to tell her, I'm coming to get you now. I'm taking you with me. And you can open your eyes. The reason why I go here is because the stakes are really high. I see so many people every single day with so much to give. And they're not giving it away. And when we don't give that which we came here to give, our soul hurts. And for so many of us, we are frustrated because we went to school, we got decent grades, we did all the things, and now we wake up and we're like, 29 or 34 or 45. And we're like, it just doesn't feel like it's it. I think what happens is we develop ways, like I said before, we develop ways to protect ourselves, And so what happens is we stop making things because somewhere along the way, when you're a kid, you say something from your heart or you make something, or you do something, and you get rejected, and you say, oh, I have a strategy. I won't do that anymore. And so you take all that magic, and you put a lid on it. I don't want you to do that anymore. I want you to know that there are people who need you exactly as you are. You know, there's a Japanese tradition, kitsugi, where they take vases or any kind of object that's been broken. And when they put it back together, they actually emboss the pieces that are broken. The parts where it broke, they emboss it with gold because that makes it more valuable. I think that we are constantly comparing ourselves to other people. We take our messy behind the scenes lives that we know intimately and we compare ourselves to other people's fancy highlighted perfect reels, their curated Instagrams. And we say, who am I to do this? But it's actually your imperfectness that makes you even more of a hero for other people. It's the parts of you that are really whole. I think that one of my mindfulness teachers used to say, the greatest blessing is to have tea with yourself every day and to invite all parts of you to join you, the parts of you that are brave and the parts of you that are bruised and scarred. They're all welcome here. And I think what most people really want whenever you're, if you're going to put something out on Instagram or start a business or open a coffee shop, what do people really want? They just want to feel seen. They just want to feel loved. And every single one of us is capable of having that kind of generosity of spirit. And imagine if we did that. 
And imagine if you were busy making things with your own two hands. And imagine if you were waking up every day and taking this thing, this little thing, this silly, crazy idea, this thing that lights you up and you were putting it more in the world. How might that inspire people? What permission would it actually give people to do more of what they love? So I want you to take out a pen and paper or you take a pencil and I want you to write down, let's just dream together. Let's be Harold with the purple crayon. Five dream lives. What would be five dream lives, five, five lives that you would just love if you didn't have to worry about how or whether it's practical. If we could take that seven-year-old kid and let her sort of steer the ship right now, what would be five dream lives? And just don't overthink it. Just write it all down. Would you say, I want to open a bed and breakfast? Would you say, I want to open a dance studio? Would you say, I want to be writing books? I want to be blogging. Would you say you want to have a cooking show? What would you say? Write it down. And one of the biggest things here is, is not to overthink it, right? Clarity actually comes from action. We often think that it comes from here. It doesn't. It comes from doing, trying, experiencing. And so it's good to just go with what lights you up. And so I want you to do something for me. Close your eyes for a second and picture yourself doing each one of those five things. You could also do this later on if you want. And notice which one makes your chest just feel the most expansive and your butterflies come in your stomach. And it doesn't have to matter because it can change tomorrow, but for whatever, whatever it's worth, circle that one. There's something in there. Now I want you to do something else for me. I want you to write yourself a permission slip that you're going to keep with you for the rest of this week. You're going to put your name in here. Dear Nancy, dear Kathy, put your name, write it to yourself. Dear Kathy, I give you permission to be messy. I give you permission to play. I give you permission to make mediocre things. I give you permission to find your way back to you. I give you permission to share your light with the world and sign it. One thing that I'd love to give you over the next five days, I'd love you to be proud to be a C student. I want you to want to iterate, to have something to edit. I want you to be in a flow state. I want you to give yourself the gift of a creative process rather than trying to get the A and not putting anything out there, or even mentioning it to your husband or even doing one line of what could be something until you know for sure what the outcome is going to be and you know for sure that it's going to be perfect. I want you to be in that messy, creative place. What happens when we stop trying to control it is that we have a mystical experience, is that we get led to something that we couldn't have predicted because we surrender trying to control. I'm gonna tell you a story. Howard Schultz came on the podcast. Howard Schultz created Starbucks. I knew that he created Starbucks. What I didn't know is that he grew up in public housing in Canarsie, Brooklyn. I didn't know that they lived below the poverty line. I didn't know that his father had been hurt in the war and his mother was doing her best to make ends meet. I didn't know that he lived with his siblings in an apartment that was about 300 square feet. I didn't know that he had to do his homework in the stairwell because there was no space. I didn't know that the reason he got a football scholarship is because there was no room inside the house. So he spent all his days outside playing football on the concrete and what I also didn't know is that he lived at the last stop of the L train. That's where he would get off. And Jewish family services used to bring them food because they had nothing. And his mother used to iron the clothes and say to him, this might be the last stop of the L train, but it's not your last stop. You don't get off here. You listen to me. You don't get off at this stop. And you remember that. This isn't where you stop. 
And Howard told me that, and we both cried. And when he graduated from college, he got a job working at FedEx. He was doing sales. Cold calls, when cold calls were not this, they were actually walking into people's offices trying to sell them things like paper and things like that. He wound up getting a job at a coffee company in Seattle that made coffee grinds that they would sell to offices. And he was a worker bee. And he got to go out of the country for the first time in his whole life. And he went to Italy on this coffee, sort of like it was a, a business trip. And he was just in such wonderment because he had never been out of the country, never done anything like that. And he said, Kath, I saw something I had never seen. I saw people sitting and making time for each other. I saw that there were cafes where all they had was espresso. And it wasn't that people were coming for the food. They were coming for each other. They would have these small little cups, small little cups of coffee. And long after the coffee ran out, the conversation just kept flowing. And he said, I never had that. I never saw that. And he said, it just seemed like such a beautiful thing that people would have this third place. They'd have their home, they'd have their work, but then they'd have this place where they go just to make space for people to just linger, just really sit in conversation. And so he came back to Seattle and he thought, maybe I could do this. There was this little coffee grind company that just made coffee grinds. They didn't have a store and it was called Starbucks. And he said, can I, can I buy you guys? And they said, actually, yeah, you know, we're not doing so, so well. We just make coffee grinds. And he said, yeah, I want to actually like sell coffee. I want to make like a place where you like serve, but you just serve coffee, no bacon and eggs, just coffee. And people said, that's an insane idea and that will never work. But anyway, long story short is he tried to get the money to buy Starbucks. And about a week into looking for the money to buy the place, it was going to be like a million and a half dollars. It was a lot of money. He got a call from someone at Starbucks saying, uh, somebody wants to buy us. And he said, someone wants to buy you. Nobody even knows that you exist. Like, I'm the only person who knows what you are. You're like little place that makes coffee grinds. And he said, who is it? Who wants to buy you? And they told him the name of the person. And he said, that's, that's so unethical. That's my friend. I went to, he's a surgeon. I asked him to invest. He's trying to buy that from out from under me. That's ridiculous. He doesn't even care about you guys. Don't sell it to him. And they said, well, he offered us all this money and we gave him till tomorrow night. And he said, oh my God. And so he went to play basketball with his best friend and his best friend said, are you crying? And he goes, yeah, I'm crying. I had this dream. I almost have the money together. And this guy who was going to give me the money is going to go around me. And he says to him, his friend playing basketball says to him, meet me at this address um, in a couple hours. And he's like, what are we doing? He's like, just meet me there. So they go home, they get dressed. He meets him there. He goes, what are we doing? He goes, we're going to go see Bill Gates. Now, this is not Bill Gates that we know of. This is Bill Gates Sr., Bill Gates' father. So they go up the elevator. Bill Gates was a lawyer at the time. This is, again, not Microsoft Bill Gates, his father, who was a lawyer in Seattle. He goes up to his office. He walks in. And Howard knows who he is. He's like a really fancy lawyer. And they say to him, uh, Mr. Gates, uh, there's something that we want to share with you. And Howard's friend knew him. So Bill Gates says to him, tell me the story. And he tells him, he says, is everything you just told me true? And he says, absolutely. And he says, okay, let's go. And he closes his office and he goes with Howard to see this surgeon. And everybody kind of knew who Bill Gates was because he was like this fancy attorney at the time. Remember, this is Bill Gates Sr. And he walks in and he says to the surgeon, he says, you're going to stand down. You're not going to take this kid's dream. That is so unethical and you know it. And they walk out of the office and Howard says, I can't believe you just did that for me. And he says, but the problem is I, I need to come up with the money by tomorrow. And Bill Gates says, well, how much money do you need? And he says, here, put it to good use. What's even crazier is that Howard went on to build 35,000 Starbucks to make more than $4 billion. And 20 years later, current Microsoft Bill Gates invited him to speak at a Microsoft sort of dinner. And they were sitting next to each other at the table after the speech. 
And Howard said to Bill Gates Jr., our generation's Bill Gates, isn't it amazing that your dad's the reason we're both sitting here? And Bill said, I don't know what you're talking about. You know my dad? How do you know my dad? And he says, what, what do you mean, how do you know my dad? He goes, in all of these years, your father never passed a Starbucks and mentioned, happened to mention that your father is the reason that I was able to do this. And he goes, he never mentioned it. And Howard says, Kathy, that's humility. That's legacy. That's what I aspire to be. So what I'm hoping to get across to you is that when I say picture yourself at seven, when I say we reach for the highest branch, I'm not trying to be cute. I'm meaning with every cell of my being that we have the potential to build a world. We have the potential to go beyond our limiting beliefs, to go beyond what your father or mother or aunt or second grade, second grade teacher told you is possible. And not only can you build something impactful, not only can you make abundance, but you can become the person you were meant to be. You can live a life that has a legacy. And I want you to make me a promise that over the next five days, you will not talk yourself out of your potential. You will not play mediocre, not with me, not in here. That for five days, you're gonna zip off this narrative, this ego that tells you you're not this enough, you're not that enough, you're gonna put it aside, you're gonna say, not today. Just for a week, let me see what would happen if I took myself, my true self and put her in charge, what thoughts might I fire and wire? What things might I feel? What ways might I go beyond this limited paradigm and break free of it so that I can see clearer, so that I can stand in my power, so that I can be a conduit for more electricity? I want you to get, there is no good reason we're not all swimming in abundance. We will receive as much as we believe we can, period. And why is it a gift to have an abundance of energy, enthusiasm, love, possibility? Why? Because you can give it away. Why is it a gift to have an abundance of money? Because you can give it away. You can underwrite things. You can fund hospitals. You can help people. You can underwrite causes that you care about. We are 99.9% .9 vibration. So think of what comes in and out, up and through, right? We need to be like a lightning rod that brings down from the heavens the most abundant energy, the most abundant thought, the most abundant feeling, and pours into the world our greatest expansive self, which is really a piece of the greater self. All you need the only credential you need in order to show up is an open heart. Do you know how many lives would be changed by somebody doing something as simple as saying, I'm available. I see you. Your pain matters to me. Now, what we are going to talk about is how you get to do what you love and make a living from it. And why is that? Because I've kind of done the math and I figured out that if you can make a living and not just a living, but an abundant amount of money doing what you love, then you could get paid to do that full time, which means you wouldn't have to be doing something that shuts down your energy a lot of the time because we spend a lot of time at work. So if you could be paid and make an abundance doing what you love, then you could be doing you all day long and you wouldn't have to save it for retirement. You wouldn't have to save the thing that you're really meant to do for a, a, a rainy afternoon. And so I really believe that this is possible and I wanna help you do that. I want you to understand though, in order for us to do something in the world that we are gonna get paid to do, it's a combination of three things. It's a word in Jap Japanese, it's called ikigai. And the word ikigai combines three things. What you love, something you love, something you're great at, and here's the third thing, something somebody else needs. That, that's how we find what is our thing? What is our thing? 
And so oftentimes people will get one or two of those things, but not all three. So they'll find something that they're good at, something the world needs, but something that they don't love. Not going to fly. In order for you to find that, boom, expansion, transcendence, you've got to have juice. That juice comes from enthusiasm. So let's go back. What about if you find something you love, something you're great at, but nobody needs this? Not going to work because the thing that actually fulfills us is a feeling of contribution, a feeling that you made an impact. Okay. So do you think that this is worth spending five days on? It is. It absolutely is. One of the things I learned from my mentor, Seth Godin, is that business at its core is two words, radical empathy. Business is radical empathy, radical, radical empathy. If you see people buying Coca-Cola or Apple iPads and iPhones, make no mistake about it. They have other choices. Why are they buying those products? If you see somebody whose yoga shop, it's just full all the time. Why? At the heart, the DNA, there's empathy, meaning that person in charge of that business is studying what does my customer need? What lights them up? What do they want? Let's use Apple for an example. When you walk into Apple, how much is on the walls? It's white space. Do you know what they're wanting you to get? You fill the space. It's about you. It's called an iPhone, an iMac, an iPad, I, you. What do they want you to do with this Apple? Do they want to make the fastest software? They want you to create Make your own music, write your own script, take your own photos. That's why it works. We just went to the Coca-Cola Museum in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago. You walk in, first thing they do, you sit down in the theater, show you all these moments, a guy coming home from Iraq, a person getting engaged, somebody skydiving. Then they hand you a Coke. Then you go and see all about Santa Claus. They kind of created a big bit version of Santa that we all kind of like know as Santa, red and white suit. It's not really that they're selling Coke. They're selling happiness and milestones. And that's why you reach for that. So we're going to go through a lot of this. I'm obsessed with business because I'm obsessed with people. Because I want people to feel, to connect. And when business is done right, you make a thing that somebody else needs or wants. You fill a need, you solve a problem. So we're gonna talk tomorrow about what are the different ways that you can make a living? What are the different types of things that are possible? What are the different types of business models? And we're gonna talk more about you and your gifts and I'm hoping, how are you feeling already? I'm hoping that over the next five days, things are going to connect. You were not put here to sit on the bench. And you wouldn't have been led to this five-day challenge if that's going to satisfy you anymore. It's not. So you have this permission slip. Let me tell you how this is going to work. Every day when I'm finished with our one hour together, we're going to post homework in the chat and I want you to do your homework. We're going to actually do giveaways. We're going to pick like three people every day and give you prizes just for doing your homework. We'll put you in a raffle. If you do your homework, you get put in the raffle. I think the gift that we're giving away, if you do today's homework, which we will give away tomorrow, is a spiritual gangster tank top beautiful. You'll see a picture of it as well as a gorgeous necklace that actually celebrates our brokenness because it's what makes us more of a candidate to lead. Who's a better person to lead you? Somebody who has all the answers and is perfect or someone who's been down in that well, who found their way out. In order to get someone home, you got to know their address.
You got to have been there. So we celebrate our brokenness because it's a gift. It all turns to wisdom. Every hard thing we've been through turns to wisdom. So we're going to be giving away this beautiful necklace that has these broken pieces. You'll see it and spiritual gangster tank top. You'll be put in the raffle if you do your homework. I also want to remind you, every one of you has been assigned a mentor based on the letters of the alphabet. These are all gorgeous women who I have been working with for years, who know their stuff, who are here to coach you through this work. I would take full advantage of that. Also, if you find somebody else in the chat who you know, or even who you don't know, you might want to say, hey, do you want to be accountability buddies to make sure that we get through this work? Because when we take action, we are 95% more set, more." 95% more likely to get the result we actually desire. And so I would love it if you were able to process this. I want you to start to look for evidence. We will look for evidence of what we believe is true. So I want you to start to think to yourself, maybe it is possible that there are people out in the world who are getting paid to do things that they love that somebody else needs. I want you to think about who would be two people that you could find over the next few minutes, over the next day for your homework, two people who have the kind of life, making the kind of impact, making a thing that they do that creates abundance in their life that also makes them so happy. Whose career would you switch places with? Can you think of two people that's gonna be in your homework? And I want you to write down what would be five things you would do? We talked about the five dream lives, but what would be five things you would do more of if you didn't have to be perfect? I want you to write it like this. If I didn't have to be perfect, I would fill in the blank. If I didn't have to be perfect, I would five things. If I didn't have to be perfect, what would I do? I asked this of Julia Cameron. She wrote a book called The Artist's Way. I had her on the podcast and she said, I've never seen a person who's not creative. I said, really? I see lots of adults who don't like to create. She said, well, it's because they've been burned. She said, have you ever gone into a preschool and seen a three-year-old who doesn't love to get their hands messy in the paint, that get all over the sandbox, sand up their nose? They love it. What happens is at a certain point, they don't feel safe to be messy. And I will tell you that in order for us to break through to the genius inside of us. We have to have the grace and kindness with ourselves to let ourselves write the messy first draft, come up with a bunch of brain dumps of ideas, put our heart out there, try something, iterate. And over the course of these five days, we'll, we'll show you sort of how we do that. And in my program made to do this, which by the way, if you stick around through this five days, not only will you hear more about it at the end, but we also were going to be giving away scholarships to my 12 week my 12-week program, which by the way, is not a recorded like go watch videos program. It's me and my mentors live with you every single week coaching you through this process. But one of the things that we will talk about in this week and we talk about it in the program and I talk about it on the podcast is how do you tactically step-by-step step, come up with an idea, iterate it, validate it, get proof of concept, charge for it, scale it, find more people, and then start to be able to build something that can replace whatever income, income you make from your day job so that you can never work another day in your life because what you do won't feel like a job. Okay. So I have had so much fun with you guys today. Thank you for your beautiful energy. Thank you for showing up. I will be back with you every single day this week at noon Eastern Standard Time. How many of you will be back tomorrow? I look forward to that. And I hope that you will be back. I hope that you will give yourself the gift of these five days. But if for some reason I don't see you, I wanna make sure that you know you're needed. And that seven-year-old girl we talked about earlier, she's magical. In fact, I actually printed this out. One of my favorite songwriters. How many of you know Ben Rector? He's one of my favorite songwriters. I printed this out because I said to myself, what do I really want to make sure they hear? I want to leave you with this. These are lyrics from his song, Extraordinary Magic. And here's what he says. And I hope that you hear it, but actually hear it. 
You won't believe it. Strange as it sounds, extraordinary magic follows you around. And the camera can't catch it. You won't see it in the mirror. If I say, look behind you, you turn around, it disappears. But I see it. I see it. I swear I do. I see extraordinary magic in you. And you guys, I wouldn't be here if that wasn't true. I was actually going to take the summer off. And I look around the world and I look in my heart and I say, I can't do that. Because I want to see you guys. Like the Care Bears, Care Bear Stare. I want to see you giving away what you came here to do. I believe that every soul came here on a voluntary mission. And you have something that the world needs and deeply needs you to do and only you. Because you're an original. There never was you and there never will be you. You know, I went through 13 rounds of fertility treatment. I can tell you that the science says the odds of you being conceived, even with parents who don't have fertility issues, it's one in 400 trillion. You're a miracle. But maybe the biggest miracle is coming home to that. And maybe becoming ourselves is unbecoming all the things that aren't us that are old survival skills, ways we protect ourselves, way we, ways that we keep ourselves from showing up. And I know it's scary. And so I hope that you guys will stay with us for this week because I don't think it's any coincidence who shows up for anything, whether it's a party or whether you meet somebody on, on an airplane. And what we did earlier when we sent out some compassion so that we create a safe space this week, wouldn't it be cool if over the next five days together, we create this incredibly safe space that's so filled with love that people start to have the courage to show up more. And wouldn't it be cool if ideas come and divine downloads come and people start to share and offer more of their own beautiful vibration into the world we're going to talk so much this week about the steps to abundance. There's so much abundance out there. We're going to talk about how you're going to be able to figure out your thing and do it. And I'm so excited. I'll post the homework soon. I'll be back tomorrow at noon Eastern. And I love you guys. I'm so excited that you're here. And I already feel like we could keep going. I can't wait to come back tomorrow. Have a great day. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I actually love doing these challenges so much that um, I will come back in a couple weeks and, and do a whole episode actually on how to do five-day workshops and why I think that they are so effective and why they can really help people and why I think that if you have a platform, it is so important to be giving value to your audience like this. So really these free events um, are so meaningful and so rewarding. I hope that you're finding it just as rewarding and I'll be back tomorrow with the next segment. If you found this helpful, please feel free to share it, text it to a friend. You can email them the link or you can post about it on your Instagram and tag me at kathy.heller. And because we're so excited about this five-day challenge, I'll definitely try to repost if you guys say something that you feel you're taking away from this. I'd love to hear. Talk to you tomorrow.